0: What you laughing about? I saw you had a smile on your ah, face. It was
1: just a funny commercial.
0: Oh, okay. You know this song? This one I do not. Um, this is Megan Thee Stallion with SZA with Freaky Girl. Make sure you play that at the Bedford Games. If you guys have a season, obviously, because you guys are shut down. But make sure you play that, that Freaky Girl. I will keep that in mind. Now, I will tell you this. This beat that they have it's actually a beat from adina howard's uh uh, album back in the mid 90s uh look her up it's a freak like me you know so I gotta look that up. But this this song kinda hits pretty good, up, Frank. Now, as a man, I wouldn't bump this in my car because it's a female rapper. No no offense. I mean, the stuff <laughs> is good, but it's just not very masculine to be playing yeah. freaky girl. And not to mention if you're a coach of a girls team, you know, you gotta play appropriate music. Oh he, well,
1: matter. yeah, that's very true. One of the
0: girls actually wanted uh in the pregame music to play Megan the Stallions Captain Hook. And no, she's not talking about Johnny Depp and the Pirates of the Caribbean. That's talking, Jack Sparrow. Or whatever, Jack Sparrow. I mean, Johnny Depp is the real name, but Jack Sparrow. They're they're not talking about those Captain Hooks. So I had to tell the young lady, like, that's not very ladylike. We're not we're not playing. He,
1: yeah, he can't really there's a lot of stuff that they like you to play, but you gotta say, uh uh-uh, uh yeah, not no. gonna that's not gonna fly here. It had I heck I had to do I had to do it for uh playing warm up music for volleyball at dundee and also mm-hmm. for both basketball teams I'd have to, i had to just or because i'd get people say hey can you play this song and i told them no i
0: can't and got a good beat but what they're talking about in the song is just not very it's uh, very yeah, inappropriate I and mean, you can't be playing megan the stallion captain hook yeah <laughs> because obviously they're not talking about the r the, the pirate with the hook on his hand or the lack of a hand so they're talking about a different hook, and we're not going to get into yeah, it we, here. <laughs> like, we won't go there. But there's a lot of songs that are like, you know, the kids like it, but it's really inappropriate. But now we're going to be talking about winners and losers for the NBA draft. As, uh, David, the man who got Harris is on the phone lines. And uh, are you ready, David? I want I want to hear what you're spewing on this because uh, just just hear your, ass, your uh, input. Or... All right, so we're going to start off with the winners, and we'll start off with
2: I guess
0: Frank's new favorite
2: basketball team, the Detroit Pistons. His new favorite kind of team. It, yeah, because you never know, kind of, right. kind of if they're doing good, you know. Hey, I, everyone. Well,
1: David, in fairness, I've said I like what Troy Weaver has done. Let it, let He's me. acknowledged that the team needs to rebuild, unlike predecessors. Hers of the past. <laughs> Joe Dumars, Van
0: <laughs> Gundy. Well, Joe he- Dumars also got you a championship and twice to the NBA Finals well, back to yeah. back years, so you can't be really hating on Joe well, Dumars. Yeah. But
1: but more so, Stan Van Gundy, who openly was against rebuilding because he
0: thought, oh, we have to win now. Josh Smith signing was a bad oh. signing, but let's let's since David, the man of God Harris, has just got on the show and he is I'll the let preacher. I da- will let, let David him, preach. Right, let him preach. Let him get on. The, the organ play the organ real get it warmed up and preach his sermon of winners and losers in the nba free agency and draft go ahead david
2: yeah and i have detroit as my first winner because their biggest need was point guard we talked about it for the past couple of seasons it was like who's going to be that guy like at some point it was derrick rose but then you're like yeah he's not really long term we spent God of time many the years just talking about kind of just the rotational players that they had in the back kind of there wasn't really a true that you could say i can look to him as the focal point of my offense and i think killian hayes a lot of people coming into the draft that were kind of nationally kind of like eh, he's all right but he's not really as highly touted as kind of around the world and particularly some of the european scouts that kind of watched him kind of play and they were saying Hey, this guy could be could break into a star because he's young, because he has that year ball experience, and just because he's just maturing into kind of growing into his body. So I think really them addressing that biggest need at number seven and then getting multiple players and then also making some moves that a lot like did it people really think that they will be able to pull off a trade for your know, training boy Luke Kennard. It was talked about, like, kind of speculation upon the fan base, but kind of really doing that rebuild that Frank was talking about and kind of really looking at, okay, who can help me be those pieces moving forward, particularly at the guard position, knowing that you have kind of Blake Griffin, are you going to try to build around him? Now that you have Killian Hayes, you can kind of really be that guard, Team that Detroit has really prided itself on as looking at the last 30 years of Detroit basketball,
0: really needing that point guard. Well, we're looking at this. His improvement areas is he's an average athletically, both in terms of burst and vertical explosion, struggles with aggressive ball pressure, turned the ball over on 25% of his possessions, can change speeds and directions, but doesn't quite have the shiftiness to beat rangy defenders off the dribble consistently will have to become more consistent shooter to combat that. doesn't get to the free throw line at a high rate. Okay. Extremely left-handed dominant as a driver, passer, and finisher. Lacks willingness to use his right hand. Limits him all over the floor. Uh, defensively, intensity comes and goes. Struggles with speedy guards. While improved, his approach to the game was a question in the past. How much of his success is a product of the freedom and volume he was given with his team has looked ordinary at times in camp settings when surrounded by strong athletes, Projector role, a big playmaker though. Um, but he's got a good size for a great size for a lead guard at six, five and strong frame. Um, he can guard either guard, either guard spot, the one or the two when it says fully motivated, which is another red flag. As we were talking with John V I, when you get to the high level, this can't be something, just something to do, or you, you know, you're getting a check you got to have a passion for it. And, and like I said, if you're getting picked in the lottery, you better pick a guy that has a passion for it because then you're going to be wasting your time and you're either going to be in the hamster wheel of lottery picks or you're going to be in the hamster wheel of that fifth to eighth seed where you don't know if you're getting in the playoffs. If you win a first-round game, it's great, but you know you're going to get beat in the second round. I mean, let's face it, every team should be trying to aim to win a championship. I mean, not only one team wins it, but that's why I'm wondering about this pick. Especially overseas player, and we brought it up earlier. I don't know if you're listening to the show about New York Knicks pick or how they they had that guy from France, Frank Nick Ntilina is yeah. going to be the same type of player with the Pistons. You don't want that. I hope not.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think kind of a lot of people are going to look at that com- primarily just because it's the most recent and it's kind of Easter conference. Kind of a lot of expectations, a lot of international kind of praise. But it is that question of translating into the NBA. I think partially going to the Knicks is just kind of bad for your career in general. So I think you're saying part that for Obi that...
0: Toppin, that's going to be bad for him, even though there's new management. Well, James I mean, Dolan I... is still owning the team, right? Exactly. Yeah. But
2: what? The... What? But, but 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 David, so, though yeah. that
0: that that France player, he he Let me can, can we be honest? He, he really stumped. He wasn't really any of value. So even if he went to the Detroit Pistons, Chicago Bulls, he wasn't going to be really a consistent NBA player. I mean, he just wasn't really all that good.
2: Yeah, I would say he definitely didn't live up to the hype, for sure. Kind of Mm -hmm. coming in, like they were saying that he was going to be, you know, the next great thing. They were looking at projections, you know, can he be that French guard a la Tony Parker that can lead your franchise for 10, 15 years? clearly that didn't work out. David, I don't Take mean
1: to interrupt
0: day. but we have breaking news. Oh wow. We have a Woj bomb. You be on the Is it a Woj bomb or a Woj fart because you posted on your Twitter a Woj bomb. It's almost that was a, a basically a fart or <laughs> that a That was
1: that was a, that was somebody's opinion, but <laughs> this Woj
0: bomb. Gordon
1: Free Agent Gordon Hayward is signing a 4-year, $120 million deal with the Charlotte Hornets.
2: Money crap. Sorry.
0: Michael Jordan does it again. <laughs> overpaying for players that he shouldn't be overpaying for, and he has no Especially clue. Especially someone who
1: has a tibia made of Legos.
0: Oh, wow. Well, hey, there's just so many this is just bad Batum
2: 2.0.
1: Who? Nick Batum. Nicholas
2: Batum. Just get that big money contract, and then... Having to apologize kind of after the season. Like, yeah, I'm not really living up to my content.
0: <sighs> okay, so keep going, David. Got that breaking news All right. in.
2: All right, so actually, second word, now we're, we're going to stick to Charlotte. I think Lamelo Paul, and just hear me out, because he's actually going to go to a place where how he played and how we saw him play overseas actually fits with that running style that Charlotte last season. I don't know how it looked with Gordon Hayward this year, but just kind of the way that he plays. And then also, if he can just learn a little bit from Michael Jordan, like that's going to help him grow immensely. Obviously, people are going to look at kind of the ball dynamics. Is LaVarie going to play MJ one-on-one? No one wants to see that, even though Jordan's going to try. But I just think kind of the situation where he can learn and grow under the tutelage of Michael Jordan, even if it's just a little bit defensively, even if it's working on some of his shooting so he's a little bit more consistent. If some aspect of Michael Jordan's wisdom has to rub off on Lamella Ball and I think it can help him grow into kind of the point guard that can be a centerpiece for Charlotte for the next you know, kind of for the next ten years. I think if Lamella Ball is willing to listen Tune
0: out his dad. <laughs> well, Let's the dad, the dad's not a factor anymore. The, the dad is not a factor. I, I, I think with Lonzo, he was a factor. I think they have learned their lesson, and you know his dad hasn't said much of anything. Lamelo was going to be the, the better. I said that on the show years ago. He was going to be the better brother anyway. I think he's going yeah. overseas. He's his own man. He's kind of distanced himself from his dad. He's not with the big baller brand. He's with Puma. Um, I, I'll agree with you. This was a good pick. I, I think he's really matured. Um, he, he's gonna be in like almost an adult because he went over to Australia. Now, the competition wasn't as good as the NBA. Now he's gonna probably have a year or two of adjustment. But with this draft, I, I just thought this draft was, it was just weak. This is just weak, and and I, I really do think Lamelo might be a, a steal because throughout his life he's already dealt with the celebrity and dealt with going overseas and being away from home. He's a mature 19 year old. That you know you can he's gonna come into the organization he knows what's up he knows what's going on and he's gonna, he he can filter out the noise and I, I I think that's the one thing that you can get out of him compared to other younger players where you know sometimes their careers get derailed because they got other distractions with them and I think he won't have that so I agree this this was a winner for Charlotte yeah, and it'll just
2: be it'll be curious to see kind of as he. Kind of gets into the NBA gameplay, kind of, will shooting kind of be a question kind of in the way that his brothers was? Obviously, the shooting motion are completely different, but just kind of, will people kind of try to press up on him and kind of force him to shoot a little bit more than he's comfortable shooting, kind of perhaps in those first six or seven games, kind of as he's finding his footing within the NBA in the face? And knowing
0: that, like you said, the competition is going to be completely different. Well, I think he's got great passing ability. Um, I think it's going to be uh, the shooting thing. You can you can fix. You can fix shooting. They'll get some of our shooting coach with him. It's going to be if you want to be great in the NBA, you have to be consistently great. I mean, cause you can be consistently bad and suck, but you gotta be consistently great. And we mentioned it with John, you, about how the trainers trying to teach all this stupid stuff. When in actuality, you just need to find your niche and do it well. If you And if you can do your role, great. You're going to be in the league for a very long time and make a lot of money and could possibly be a star. He's got star potential. I mean, it's all, all over him. It's just a matter of what's the dedication going to be. But if you're worried about him shooting and in a couple of years, he'll be a good shooter. Think about it. Lonzo ball, was a horrible shooter with that unorthodox form and he fixed it in a couple of years. And now he's starting to become a consistently good shooter. Not great, yeah, but good. So it's, it's workable. Yeah. And, and
2: like you said, if he can be a great facilitator, that's going to last him longer than a lot of people, or even, but you yeah, can say, he can
0: already do that. I'm, I'm not worried about that. I thought he was a little bit better passer than Lonzo. He can really throw it on the money. His thing is going to be as a point guard is, um, obviously manipulate the defense in the pick-and-roll action and can he finish. And then if he does get hit going to the, the the rack, he's got to hit the free throws. Simple, simple concept here.
1: Well, Derek, one thing I think you guys mentioned was how this year's draft seemed kind of weak. And I guess there's been a lot of people comparing it to 2006, which I think that year was probably one of the – worst drafts and
0: was that Barni was the number 1 pick? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it yeah, was a and, and while well, well, I will acknowledge it was 2006 was kind of a crappy draft year. There was a few cra- 2005 wasn't any any better. Uh it was decent but not Well, nah. 2006,
1: this was even though it was pretty crappy, this is what still produced LaMarcus Aldridge, which the Bulls traded him for Tyrus Thomas, which I uh, Yeah, Ray Rondo, mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, and Paul Millsap. Well uh, there's also another big name too but unfortunately he had knees made of legos Ooh. Brandon Roy
0: Yeah yeah and he he had us like uh sports a uh, de- decent uh yeah, he, Spot.
1: Yeah, he, won, he, he, he was the one who won the rookie of the year that year. Yeah.
0: Um, but who was the other guys? I know Rajon. Rajon just won a championship. Really. John Rondo, Rajon Rondo. Kyle Lowry. He was kind of a role player until he got to Toronto. Remember, he was with Memphis. He had to really grow into his game. Same thing with Paul Millsap. They had to really grow into their games, which which is not bad. But there's no superstars in that draft. Yeah. Keep going, David.
2: Yeah, and the third winner for me, and I, I was thinking about the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think kind of in terms of drafting, they kind of address the big need for getting guards. that One, can actually play the guard position. And two, that can actually be shooters. That can be scorers. Between Maxie, which a lot of people are saying across the board, was a steal at 21. A lot of yeah. people he could be in a lottery. And then...
0: Well... They, people drop for a reason. I, I always tell people that. Like, y'all, he could have been a lottery pick. There's a reason why some guys drop. You know what I'm saying? Now, it could be because of some yeah. uh, agent chatter, you know, hating on people or, you know, jack, jockeying for stuff. Maybe he didn't go to the right workouts. But, you know, he's he's at 21 for a reason. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And so, I, I think
2: kind of for addressing the need, I'm the winner. But then kind of their free agency and draft and trading, like they're hovering court towards that kind of middle tier, like 55% a winner, but some of these veteran moves, eh, it, it's a wait and see. It's like, what what is this Philadelphia team going to look like, for sure? Mm-hmm. And, and then my last winner, New Orleans, because they're just, they're one of those teams along with Oklahoma City, they're just getting draft capital and not it up in the losers, mm-hmm. but just kind of some teams are recognizing, hey, draft picks are more important kind of right now because you can have them for trade dates rather than getting those players coming kind of five, six, seven years down the road. You just never know. But shout out for trying to kind of look for the future. And we kind of know ownership, management, they're always thinking draft packs. Or draft picks. You know, he did it in Cleveland. Just kind of thinking about the future. Kind of, so, yeah. i would be curious to see what New Orleans does. Kind of in that long, um, in that long term. Right. Uh, switching over to the losers, we'll start off with it. Milwaukee. I still don't know if what's like all the trading that they did is going to keep Giannis there. I just, I just don't know. Whether Giannis will stay, and I don't think anyone knows. They're making these trades, I guess, with the hopes of that he will stay. But then it's at the same time, if he doesn't stay, you're screwed for the next seven years. Yeah. And so, kind of, my thinking is, if you're Milwaukee, do you do you shift off all those draft picks, kind of knowing that? 21, 22, 23, we're already kind of in, kind of tied up with Cleveland. But are you trading 24, 25, 26, 27 for the hope that Giannis stays, and then kind of depleting your bench for the hope that Giannis stays? And I was going to close that to well, the both of you.
1: Well, because the one thing they that they did try to do was trade for uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and that fell through. Mm-hmm. Personally, I, I, it's, it's, I, I said this earlier, David, the Bucks are going all in its championship or bust. I think they realize that uh, Antetokounmpo is going to walk after this coming season, which I believe he's going to take his house to South Beach because there are two places he spends his time. Greece is one of those places. South Beach is the other. Yeah, I'm
2: just. Yeah, it's just, it's curious because so many of these, like you want them, like everyone's rooting for Milwaukee to kind of be that mid-market team to finally get back to the upper echelon. You have this superstar that, literally, pretty much came out of nowhere. You know, mid draft pick, blossom into top two player in the league when healthy. You know, you can throw in, I guess, three if you want to say Kevin Durant when he's fully healthy. But yeah, this kind of... This... like I just don't know what to expect from Milwaukee because even we talked about it in the playoffs. They really didn't have a whole lot of depth last year. And then we were talking about, okay, can Chris Middleton be your two? Can... Like last year, it was Eric Bledsoe. Kind of now that you're replacing him with Drew Holiday, you know that he can be a consistent shooter. But are you sacrificing the win out mentality for that depth? And so now you're going to be what six, seven deep, and like you know even eight deep in the regular season, maybe nine deep. And then when you get to the playoffs, how many of those players are going to be gassed? It's just. A lot of that curiosity, like I'm just not sure what to expect from Milwaukee.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: second loser for me, Golden State. And it's not so much because they picked James Wiseman. It's that they picked James Wiseman with the expectation that they would have Clay Thompson, and then he gets, you know, he ruptures his Achilles, and these after off to the season. And I think that would have completely changed their draft situation had they known that Clay Thompson would be out for the season before draft night, because I think they probably would have gotten Lamelo ball and then kind of try to pair him off with <coughs> Steph Curry. So it's just kind of a bad situation. And, and like it's James Wiseman in any other year when you're looking for big, like he's going to be, you know, arguably the best big everyone's talking about him at Memphis this short time. But yeah, it's just kind of unfortunate event. So hopefully – James Wiseman can develop and blossom into that player that they expect, but then yeah, it's just I guess, I feel bad for Clay Thompson, and I think a lot of people do just because of the another season missed out, kind of doing this rebuild around him as a focal point for yeah
0: mm, Yeah, that, that is sucks for uh, Clay Thompson. What else you got, David?
2: All right, and then the last loser for me, the Phoenix Suns.
0: Oh, hi there, are loser! <laughs> uh, because because they have one of the worst owners in sports. Yeah, but they're making deals now. I mean, they got Chris Paul with joining Devin Booker. That, that's an that's an upgrade. I mean, hey, he is a bad owner though.
2: Yeah, and then and then you draft a position that you already have a top five player already, and
0: yeah, they
1: drafted uh, Jalen Smith. Younger
2: Aiden. But he's a great player. I'm not going to get you wrong. But you re- you brought back Aaron Bay. You just drafted um, Cam Johnson last year, number 11. Kind of you're bringing you're getting a deal. Just came through the ringer for um, Josh Jackson. Like it's like you have a lot of these pieces that are going to play those four and fives and play. Someone's got to eat. And you you just paid, like I said, you brought back two big contracts so it's not as though you can trade. Like, who's going to try to take Aaron Baines for a contract? Like, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be someone that will, but, like, it's just some questionable draft decisions, particularly knowing that it was, so negatively graded across the board from a lot of people. It's like, and if this was kind of uh, 2005, 2006, even like 2013, 2014, where this was still, okay, let's have two bigs that can run the floor and that can also kind of a little bit of space for the floor that can be 3 and D guys. Sure, you draft Jalen Smith. But, yeah, it's just a lot of questions, and particularly coming out of Phoenix, Phoenix market, they're like, "Why, why do we do this?" And so, if the local market is having questions about it, then yeah, you gotta, you gotta raise the flag, even with bringing in Chris Paul, which I think is a great move, and I think would be immensely of help to that offense. Hmm.
0: No okay. Is that is that it for uh, David? Yep, that
2: is it for NBA draft winners and losers.
0: All right, that was a good yeah. one. All right, some some of the stuff we agreed with, some of them we didn't. So then we're gonna get into our NFL winners and losers to finish up the show. Um, any updates, Frank? Uh, I'm Because look- uh, usually you're the breaking news guy. For yeah, me.
1: well, we did have another signing come across from uh, Shams Sharanya. Mm-hmm. Avery Bradley has agreed to a two-year,
0: $11.6 million deal with the Miami Heat. Oh, so he went from the Lakers to the Heat. Remember, he's with the, he didn't go back in the bubble with the Lakers, but he was originally on the Lakers, so he gets a championship ring. Yeah. The Lakers. We'll take a quick commercial break. You Listen to 88.3 WCTs after further review. Always check us out on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And the holidays coming up right around the corner, and so is the end of the year. We'll come back with NFL's Week 11, or is it Week 10's Winners and Losers? I believe it's Week 10's. Yeah. After this, we'll get yep. another commercial break. <laughs>